0: Well, hello and welcome to the No Filter Needed podcast, where we cut the fluff, expel those myths and kick unobtainable standards to the curb. I am your host, Camilla Collins, self-image consultant, author and founder of multiple beauty and creative entertainment agencies. I am super passionate about empowering people to change their self-perception and reimagine not just the beauty, but the huge amount of power within themselves. And this podcast is in support of my mission to do just that. Welcome back to the show. So I have the lovely Elizabeth Valentine with me today, who is the founder of The Voice Campus. So Elizabeth works with entrepreneurs and business leaders to develop their public speaking and pitching and presentation and networking skills. Uh, I also have the pleasure of seeing her every Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. We're part of a group accountability group. And so yeah, we're on Zoom talking every every Tuesday morning, which uh, is just wonderful. Um, but Elizabeth is a singer as well. Um, she's toured the world, playing in front of audiences, uh, huge audiences, up to a, a million. She's sung for royalty. She's performed um, at Shepherd's Bush Empire, Hammersmith Apollo, Wembley. Um, loads of amazing places. And she also lends her voice uh, and coaching expertise to some of the biggest brands. So Apple, H&M, Just Eat, Fisher-Price, and my two particular favorites are Disney
1: and My Little Pony.
0: (laughs) So welcome to the show, Elizabeth. It's so great to have you on the podcast, finally.
1: Thank you so much, Camilla. I'm really excited to be here. And and of course, as you said, you know, we, we get the pleasure of supporting each other and and spending every Tuesday morning at 6am together
0: and it's such a great call isn't it It every time
1: absolutely
0: so so how did you I know you've been singing from a very young age so how, how tell us how you kind of got into all of it really and and the the voice work and the coaching work that you do now
1: yeah, so it's, so it's quite a funny story. I mean, yeah, as, as you say, you know, I have been singing pretty much since before I could talk, really. Uh, I've been paid to sing since I was eight years old. But my big childhood dream was always to be a Disney voice. You know, I would do all the voices, not just the princesses, you know, but all the witches and all the characters. And I would obsessively, you know, I had the Little Mermaid book, you know, where it goes, pring, and you have a tape and a book, do you remember those? Yes, and I remember it goes, those! Bring, <laughs> you, you turn the page in the book. And I mean, I, I, yeah, so that was always a big dream. And then as I was growing up, I became more and more focused on the music. When I was 18, I moved from Denmark to London to pursue music and um, I was in various bands and I kind of forgot about the voiceover stuff because I was just all about singing and performing, uh, which was amazing. Then when I uh, was doing my degree at the London College of Music, um, I I got a call from an old flatmate who was the brand voice of one of the largest Danish TV channels. And he was like, oh, Elizabeth, we're looking for we're looking for a freelancer who can cover like sick, sick days and holiday. Do you want to come and do a voice test? And I was like, um, Yeah, sure. I mean, at first I was freaking out and going, oh, but I don't know because I'm studying full time. And I was also touring with Right Said Fred at that point and working 20 hours in a pub. Wow. Um, But I spoke to the leader of my course and she was like, just say yes and then you'll figure it out. So my very first voiceover job was live on Danish national television going, and next up this evening we've got the new episode of blah, 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 whatever that was. (laughs) Um, and one of my, one of my friends said, but don't you remember you always wanted to be a voiceover artist? And I was like, oh my God. So I did. So, uh, now I have been the main brand voice and script writer for that TV channel since 2011. And, um, and I love it. But after a couple of years, I was like, oh, I really want to do, you know, the character voices. So all the you know all the funny characters that I always used to play as a child. So I did a little show reel, and then uh, Fisher Price called, and I got to be the voice of some of the big toys, their puppy and the sis. And you know they're the ones they're like the teddy bears, and then you press its stomach and it goes, "I love you," and then you, <laughs> oh <my laughs> and God. then you press and then you press the ear and it goes. That's my ear. My ear is blue. That's and so cool. I know. It's just, it's so much fun. And and because I'm a singer, I get to sing all the songs in those crazy, ridiculous voices. So now, I mean, I've done countless toys for them. I've done toys for My Little Pony, which I love. Because that the music, actually, in the My Little Pony toys is great. Um, so I was doing all the voiceover work, all the performing... But at the same time, I, especially after I finished uni and, you know, I kind of went into a bit of a black hole after you come out of uni and you're sort of like, oh, my God, I've worked for this for, you know, three, four years. Now what? And I went from having been performing every day, touring around the world, just having so much fun to having to go into an office. It was a TV studio office, but it was still an office every day. So that kind of just, you know, left me in a bit of a black hole. And I thought, whoa, I'm going to need to do some work on myself. And that sort of spurred on a whole self-development, growth, coaching journey. And and I think those have sort of been my two passions, self-development and coaching and entertainment. So I started doing some public speaking and then people were like, oh, Oh, Elizabeth, could you maybe help me because I have to do a talk and I'm really nervous or I'm really shit and I hate public speaking. So it kind of organically just started that I started doing more and more coaching, first with more creative people. But then as I got into the entrepreneurial world and going to going to lots of networking events and then you see all these people who've got actually great products, they've got, you know, a great mission but they're not able to actually put it into words or they're not able to express it in a really powerful way. And and that was where I kind of thought, but hang on a minute, I can help with that. Because it is, in a way, a performance, but it's also about getting the clarity and the connection, which is all the things that we do as performers. We have to convey a message or an emotion and really connect with our intended audience. Mm.
0: I totally resonate as well with the when you're saying about coming out of university I just don't think anyone's ever prepared for we're we're cocooned aren't we we have sort of school and and we have all these big ideas of what the what the world's like and and we can be anything and we can we can do things and sort of we build up to that Uh, but once university's finished we're kind of like thrown out into the real world Um, and it's like wow how how do I make money out of this how do I and How no do I one live wants you,
1: right no one warns you that it's gonna be mm-hmm. yeah there's no warning it's just that okay there's your piece of paper and you kind of go oh yay great what now now <laughs> what yeah now what
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I think ev- every single person goes through that um, and then it's a whole new journey isn't it kind of navigating that and sort of finding your way uh which yeah. it sounds like you've had a journey with and carved yeah. out a really lovely way of helping people through through your own experience and puts you in touch with lots of different industries as well mm. different people yeah. um so, so how do you so how do you help people kind of overcome fear of public speaking um and yeah just build their we have that in common the, the whole confidence thing and, and building mm.
1: confidence how, how yeah. do you do that with people i mean it's interesting of course people come from different, you know, there's different reasons why people are afraid. One of the first things I sort of just reassure people is that you being afraid of public speaking is a perfectly sane and natural response. It's actually your body and your brain that's trying to protect you, you know, because back in the day, you know, if you, you're in a tribe and if you were, evicted from your tribe you know there's no one to watch over you whilst you're sleeping you can't hunt big animals so you can't perhaps get all the food and sustenance you need if you get ill there's no one to look after you basically you are screwed and you will die if you get evicted from your tribe now when you go to do something like public speaking because you are putting yourself in a position where you are open to rejection. So it triggers a very, very old part of our, um, part of our physiology that is like, oh my God, I need to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. So when we're doing something that is perceived as a, oh no, you can be rejected, evicted from the group, from the tribe, then your body is gonna kick into that fear response. Um, and and the other thing is, depends who you're talking to, if you're talking to someone who's very, very analytical, it helps them understand that there's hardly any difference between fear and excitement in your body responses, because it kicks in the adrenaline. Yeah. Um, so instead of going, oh my God, I'm so afraid, oh shit, I'm, you know, oh no, oh no. And you're fueling that by telling yourself how afraid you are, how nervous you are, and you're telling other people, "Oh my god, I'm so nervous about this presentation." Then you're just telling your your mind and your body, "Oh, this is something to be afraid of." If you change it to, "Oh my god, I'm so excited." Oh, I have clammy hand, you know, palms. I've got clammy palms. Um you know, uh, I'm breathing. My legs are jelly. Ah, huh, this is how I know how excited I am.
0: It's that self-talk, isn't it? It's switching that, the, making the negative uh, a positive, and, and yeah, I guess making people aware aware of that so they can kind of switch it, switch it for themselves.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, one of the other things I do with with my clients is to really focus on. What is the value they're going to give to the audience and really focus on on that so that it's not about them being up on stage. It's about what they can give to the audience. And that is and that's just a good way of thinking about it, because if you're focused on doing something good for someone else, Adding value or giving them some information that's going to change their life, uh, that's going to change their finances, that's going to give them something that's going to be of value to them. Then somehow your own ego takes a back seat.
0: That's so true, and it, and it's almost like your your why, isn't it? It's putting mm. it, that's a driver. If it's sometimes it's hard to you know do things for ourselves, but if we can do things for other people, then that will drive us and motivate us to, to push forward and, and to perform, I guess, in, in this sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's also a lot of sort of, I'm a big fan of breath work because that actually has such an enormous impact on our state. So we have two nervous systems. We've got the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic. And it's sort of like either you, either one is on or the other. So one of them is where it's the fear. Um, so it's the flight, fight or freeze response. So that's when we're in that fear and adrenaline is high and our body is flooded with stress hormones. And then there is the other nervous system that is the rest and digest. Now, you can actually just by changing your breathing, you can change which mode you're in so one of the one of the problems that we have now as as human beings is that we live in the fight flight or freeze mode in the stress mode most of the time where we actually should be living in the rest and digest because there's no lion chasing us but there's all these sort of weird stresses in our everyday life that we just don't come down from uh if you work with your breath, you can actually live in the rest and digest um, system. So how you can do that is by taking long and slow, deep breaths. So I get my clients who have a lot of fear. I get them to practice their breathing both, you know, on on their own time in a regular basis, but also just before they go in and do a presentation so it could look something like this so you breathe in for one two three four then you breathe out for six counts and then you take a pause so something like this and then you pause and if you just do that for one to two minutes you're basically telling your body everything is fine. There's no danger here. Your mind might still be going, Wah! but actually you're just informing your body that you're safe. It just resets as well. Yeah. It
0: resets you, doesn't it? Yeah. It yeah. Provides, and then you can think kind of straight. Because I think when your body starts getting worked up, then you start forgetting your words and you're getting all mixed up. So it's just kind of resetting everything and, and bringing that element of calm and clarity yes where you are what you're doing and as you say everything is okay
1: yeah everything is okay and 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 you're so right because we can't make our best decisions when we're in panic mode Mm. we just can't because we are just thinking about survival right now but we're not making long-term good decisions
0: 100 percent. yeah it blocks out all that higher thinking doesn't it you know all the creative thinking and and kind of sensible thought processing none of that is happening when you're in a in a state of panic your body's firing off all kinds of um responses yeah. to threats that as you said aren't there no lions or cheetahs or, or <laughs> Im- immediate physical danger around us but you know our body doesn't know that it's just the same response um to, yeah. an, to an audience
1: yeah absolutely and i would say that you know in general life i mean things are very stressful at the moment mm. But we have to, you know, with the pandemic and everything that's going on in the world is pretty crazy right now. But that's why it's so important for you to just center yourself every day. Mm -hmm. And even if it is just for a couple of minutes that you just stand and breathe or sit and breathe. That's the other. um, Who was I talking to? Oh, I can't remember doesn't matter but someone was saying you know when someone is stressed out and they're like oh my god I'm gonna go out and smoke and they're smoking and oh I feel calmer now but are they calmer because they've smoked or are they calmer because they've actually taken some long deep slow breaths
0: absolutely yeah hard drags on a cigarette yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, cuz you concentrate on your on your breathing. I mean there's got to be that that connection there. Inhaling. Yeah. Um yeah, with cigarettes and, and calming you down. Mm, surely yeah. surely putting a drug like nicotine into your body shouldn't be a calming thing, but it's it's more the the breath that you're taking. Um, I think and the so. Way that you're breathing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, I agree. And so I mean I have a question now. Yeah. So we're talking about people that have to give, um, who, who'd get up and speak. But there, there are lots of people out there that wouldn't even dream of it, mainly because they hate the sound of their own voice, mm. and it's a really common thing. Why do we? Why do we really dislike the sound of our own voice? I mean, I used to hate mine, uh, but I'm, I guess, I'm used to it now, having used it for so long and obviously podcast recordings and and filming and videos and stuff but at the
1: beginning it's we all hate the sound of our own voices why is that so it's quite interesting when so we hate the sound of our voice when when we hear it recorded right yes sorry that's what I meant yeah Yeah. um well there is a there's a very natural explanation for that when we're just talking you are hearing your voice from in two modes because you're hearing it obviously through your ears, but you're also hearing your voice from inside your head. Whereas when you're hearing it recorded, you're only hearing it with your ears. So it sounds different to what you're used to. It's that shock, isn't it? It's like, oh, who is that? Yeah, you're going, oh my God, is that how, is that how everyone hears me? <laughs> and it kind of is. Um, but I would say, I mean, obviously I have listened to myself been recorded for so many years that I have just gotten used to it. But sometimes I still listen to my voice and go, oh, Christ almighty. Ugh. But it's about, it's just about becoming familiar and falling in love with your voice. But that takes a little bit of courage. It takes a little bit of discomfort. That's why also when we look at videos of ourselves, having done something, I mean, sometimes it's so cringe-worthy <laughs> that you're just like, oh my God, I can't even look at it. But that's the fastest way of learning, and I'll tell you, when I was doing my degree at the London College of Music, in one of our in one of our classes, stage technique, we would be filmed every other week doing a performance, and then the next week we would look back at our performance and let's be honest, rip it to shreds in a kind way, but still, you would be forced to look at yourself and nitpick. You would give feedback the teacher would give feedback and then your peers would give feedback and it was it wasn't great but my god did we improve and we were so quickly able to go ah I see that doesn't look good Ha! Huh, okay next time I'm just gonna adjust it slightly so it works better
0: it's a great that's a great exercise um, mm. with with everything to improve yeah that's how we grow that's how we learn and, and grow by analyzing yeah what, you know what we're kind of doing but there's a right way and a wrong way of, of doing it isn't there you know there's constructive criticism and then there's you know beating yourself up and, and talking to yourself negatively or or abuse from someone else you know it can
1: oh yeah with, with them about your work for um, oh, sure i mean i would always Preface this by being: Who do you know? Who are you listening to? Who are giving feedback? Are they more knowledgeable than you, or aren't they? And and also you have to see: Do they have your best interest at heart? Because some people don't, and that's just how it is. Some people don't want to see you succeed, and they will want to bring you down because if you're doing something great, or if you're doing, you know sticking your head above the sand or you've decided to make a run for whatever it is you dream about and if they're not they might want to sabotage you because you improving yourself makes them feel shit about the work that they're not doing 100 percent.
0: that goes for that goes for everything i'm just thinking of things that i've or even like drinking if someone's or someone's exercising you know you uh, a good friend goes on like a regime and you have other people trying to tear them down mainly because it points out flaws in them and they yeah. want to be in their kind of comfort comfort zone so it's always good to be mindful about yeah what other people how other people are perceiving it
1: yeah yeah absolutely um but I mean going back to the looking at your own work I mean I hate looking back at my own work actually I'm just like oh no do I have to but but I know that when I do I mean none of us like looking at our blind spots because it makes us feel stupid and no one likes to feel stupid but it's about how how much do you want to improve because sometimes you might just be like I'm happy with it as it is I don't actually want to put more effort in Mm -hmm. and that's okay too but yeah it depends how yeah, I guess it just depends.
0: I, I've actually had a recent experience of this um, during during lockdown. I was filming a series of videos, um, and they're in really about 10, 10 minutes long uh, for for Emblaze um, oh, yeah. magazine. Yeah, uh, what's well, not a magazine it's going to be a, a membership now. And the first lot of videos, I was like, okay. I mean, they took me like the entire day to do, and really, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't that much. Like getting it right, it's fine doing short, sharp bits, but obviously, long long form content, and you start. once you lose it you're like oh start again yeah I sent all these videos over um and I got some some really nice feedback just like may I make some suggestions I'm like absolutely I can take it and yeah basically I kind of had to re-record them all like all again and it's just I was so annoyed because I was like oh for god's sake um but anyway I did them again they probably would have used the first ones but I thought no I let's 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 try again and the second lot uh I, I felt so like when I compared the two there was just such a huge difference mm. and if I'd left it at the first which I could have quite easily done because they would have done um I wouldn't have had that growth because the second yeah. and it's really made me you know up my game and and yeah. sort of understand where I was going wrong and mm-hmm. obviously I've got great feedback to kind of navigate on but yeah I think it's it's trying again is that you get that feeling of accomplishment and you learn and you grow and you get better. And it's practice,
1: isn't it? And practice thing makes is, perfect. Yeah. You know what? It, it really does. And I think they're good for you for being like, hey, you know what? I'm going to take the feedback on and I'm going to do it again. Because let's be honest, not everyone would. So I think that was really awesome that you did that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, practice does make perfect. And the other thing about fear is generally when you've done something Enough times so it starts becoming familiar, yeah. and then you stop being so afraid. Hundred uh,
0: percent. That's how we overcome all, fear yeah. with everything.
1: Yeah, with most. I mean, sometimes there are some underlying other issues um, that does that. That doesn't happen. Like you know, for instance, Adele. She's terrified still of singing, even though she's sung so much on stage. Um, but um but yeah most of the time when we've done something a few times it's like oh yeah this is good
0: but on that adele note um, and in general of like performing you almost need that adrenaline you kind of need that Mm -hmm. fear or excitement whichever way you're looking at it yeah uh to to do a good performance and and you know feeling fear is signals to us that we care about the thing that we're doing and it makes us you know it makes us stay on the ball and focused to to do a good job so we should welcome that you know a little bit and yeah to learn to manage it
1: yeah yeah for sure i mean you definitely want to be i mean clinically they call it in a state of arousal which <laughs> sounds a bit weird but that's we what all want to be in a state of arousal we, all, we <laughs> do don't we <clears throat> that's what they uh, call it in psychology i believe uh <clears throat> but yeah you're right like when i'm <clears throat> getting ready to go on stage you know I have my little ritual of putting on my makeup. I normally have a drink, not necessarily an alcoholic one, but there is my ritual and inside I'm building up the energy. Yeah. And some of that fear and adrenaline feeds that. Uh, but I also wanna be calm enough so I can remember my words, which is always my downfall when I go on stage because I'm like, oh, will I remember the words? But I've learned to trust the process and just go, yes, I will. And, and you know, and, and you want to raise the energy of the audience with your energy. And then it becomes this great feedback loop where their energy is raised. And then you feed off of that. And then, yeah, it's a great, you know, you're just building the collective energy, which is great.
0: And you've touched on something so important there, which is... I think it's a big thing that we've been missing the the last few months is that physical energy mm. of, you know being with people and feeding off their energy and and we yeah. don't get it on the phone we it's not the same on zoom calls um and and eye contact and and things like that but there there is that energy it's so important isn't it for us to be you know, we have to be out all the time with people and sorry i'm going off like performing now but just in general yeah being being with other human beings and kind of navigate it's another sense that energy is another sense of ours how we sort of navigate our days and navigate through life and when that absolutely when it's taken away which it was for a while Mm. um, still obviously not back to normal it's it makes you feel um, I guess a little insecure because you're so used to you've had that sense cut off and so yeah. you're, you're unsure of how to kind of move forward because you're not getting that feedback from from other people's energy.
1: Yeah, I mean, ultimately we are pack animals and we need each other. Mm. I think it it's not healthy for us to be this disconnected and shut off from the world. And thank God that there's Zoom and Skype and you know Instagram and Facebook and free phone calls over the internet so we can speak to. You know, obviously all my family is back in Denmark and I'm here in London. Uh, But it is vitally important that we have that human connection. And, you know, they say that loneliness is so detrimental to our health, much more than, for instance, smoking or a bad diet. If you look at Johan Hari's got a great book called Lost Connections, where he's interviewed uh, some top scientists on um, what causes anxiety and depression. And he talked, there's a whole, pretty much a whole chapter of, lonely, of loneliness. And how if we've lost connection to the other humans in our life, that is one of the biggest causes of depression and anxiety. And again, it's that thing of being shut away from your tribe. Mm. It, it means that your survival rate falls drastically. I mean, I was out for dinner on Monday night and for the first for the first time, and I put on a pair of heels and I put on makeup and I just felt so excited to be out and just okay. have have the human interactions.
0: Yeah, it's it's so important. I'm just saying I've been like catwalking my way out of uh, lockdown. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, I would, I'm like, get the
1: wardrobe out. Um, absolutely. But think we wouldn't have appreciated it as much as we do now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that it's been a massive lesson in, in appreciation, mm. uh, hasn't it, for, for all of us and the things, you know, that we want to keep in our lives and the things that we also want to let go of. I think a lot of people have yeah. been mulling over the last few months.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that has been really good for us, especially, I mean, obviously, I know, you know, a bit about you and your lifestyle and me and how my life was before lockdown and it was just go 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 traveling here traveling there doing this doing that boom 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 and quite frankly this has been the first time since I've been a child or a teenager where I've actually just been able to chill out yeah and, and, be, and be
0: intentional with your
1: yeah, time yeah. And, yeah and get back to some of those sort of cooking really healthy food um being quiet and and really feeling whatever it is you are feeling that we've masked with all our busyness Mm. and I think that is you know can be uncomfortable but I think it's really healing and 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 very very healthy for us
0: absolutely and yeah I think it's been a Uh, a big wake-up call to the many distractions that all of us have got in our Mm. in our lives and all different different things but yeah I think we've had our eyes open to what we are using as a distraction and had to kind of face face those things and sort of wean ourselves off them as well Mm. and sort of potentially changing topic here but I know you've had some I guess body image struggles growing up like I think yeah every girl (laughs) every girl does and and Mm. lots of guys every guy really Mm. um but I it's also magnified it would have also been magnified by the industry that that you you're in and I just wondered how you know body shaming kind of came up um Mm. back then if if it's any different now I know you've you're kind of moved out a little bit in your in your coaching work but yes yeah. uh could you could you talk a little bit about that and what you experienced yeah, and absolutely. how you o- overcame it
1: mm, yeah I mean so so growing up I I was I wasn't fat but I, I guess I was a bit chubby but then when I've seen pictures of myself I'm kind of like I just look like a child really so uh but there was a sense that I was a bit chubby and you know I was bullied in school for being chubby because I guess they you know, kids are cruel, and they could see that. Ah, oh, that's where we're gonna poke, because that's where it's gonna hurt the most. Mm. And um, and anyway, so I moved to London, as I said, when I was eighteen years old, and I was in this pop electro band, and it was great. And for our first photo shoot, I shall never forget this. And I had short hair, and the photographer, who was, I guess, also trying to be a stylist. <laughs> um, I don't know. She was like, Oh, you should get hair extension. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I went and got some hair extensions. Uh, I didn't know about it, they didn't look great. Uh, And then um, came in, and you know, and there was a makeup artist who was doing my makeup. And so we get set up for the shoot. And this photographer, I mean, she must have been a very bitter woman. She literally shouted at me, going, suck in that stomach. Ugh, ugh, look at those arms. They're going to look massive on, on the photos. And she was like, ugh, look at your nails. Why haven't you had them done? And I was actually like, this is before the realm of my time of getting nails done. You know, I hadn't thought about it. But she was so mean. Wow. And I just thought, and I was, you know, you know, being... I was probably 19 or 20 then. It's my first ever photo shoot. And that definitely sparked off a, oh, my God, I'm I'm too fat. And I was probably a size 8 or 10, probably a size 10 at this point. And so, you know, that kind of started off a, oh, my gosh, I must exercise. I literally ate salad and porridge, I think. That was about it. Also because, you know, I didn't have any money living in London and working in an art house cinema. Uh, But I was never enough. I was never thin enough or pretty enough or this enough or that enough. And I was constantly punishing myself. Um, And I remember getting – I will actually say who it is uh, on air, but I I got a job and I'd gone for the audition. It had been a big process and – did the first rehearsal with the band? I was the backing vocalist, and afterwards the PA phones me and goes, um, "Yeah, so they noticed, or they they you know made a comment that you know maybe you should lose some weight." And this was like two days before the first big show, and I just felt like shit. So I would you know exercise obsessively to the fact that I actually you know injured my back um and it was just never enough I will, it, I was just never enough and always feeling like I had to compensate it's just crazy and yeah. what did you know what do they
0: expect to achieve particularly that last one two days before apart Sorry. from knock your confidence and ruin
1: yeah. your performance uh, and you know interestingly so I did the performance and I killed it and, they it never, and my weight was never mentioned again. But also I think, in a way, I think that was their insecurity that mm-hmm. they were projecting onto me more than it was about me. I think, thinking back, I mean, this is like 10 years ago now. But weight was a massive, a massive thing. I mean, we've yeah. got obviously the body
0: positive movement now. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I don't know if these companies were were scared that, you know, things wouldn't sell. It was the same with models yeah. and clothing, you know, unless, mm. unless we've got skinny models, we're not going to sell our clothes. Like, yeah. I don't know where on earth this all came from. Um, but it was a it was a big thing.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, it's it's really only I mean the last five, six years where I've become more and more aware of being like, am I punishing my body or am I loving my body? Because I think I think the body positivity movement is great, um, because we shouldn't be shaming people, but I also think that being healthy and fueling our body with good things is a must.
0: absolutely. And we're all different, you know, shapes and sizes. We do have different frames, and yeah, you know, I believe we should be playing to that, not trying to not trying to change that. So, mm-hmm you know, if you have the ability to, you know, some people can put on muscle, some people can't. Yeah. Um, and instead of trying to, if you're one of those people that, you know, are, can be, you know, are quite strong and, and can put on muscle quite well, um, then you should be playing to that rather than starving yourself. And, and mm-hmm. you know, you're never going to be a stick insect. It's going to take so much more work for you to get there. Yeah. You don't have to be, you know, let it, let it all go either but you can eat the right things and and you know use your strength
1: and sort of build your body around that yeah um yeah I mean for sure so I'm I'm doing some very sort of deep work uh with one of our fellow um accountability group people um Serena Sabala and her company the um, whole shift wellness and it's very much about figuring out what works for you and really I think really just remembering that you are worth feeling great and you're worthy of Mm. being your most healthy self so that you can, you know, so that your body and your health supports whatever it is that you want to do in your life and whatever your purpose or your mission is. And that's been quite a revelation to me to go, is it a treat or is it self-destruction in disguise? Mm. what I'm doing to myself and that's how we speak with our speak to ourselves and everything we do is like is this nurturing me or is this damaging me
0: mm. it's those questions that we ask ourselves. you know it's that self-awareness mm. and I think questions are the greatest thing I mean I can give myself a Spanish inquisition uh multiple times <laughs> a day going well hang about why do you want to do this is yeah. this a good idea um you know why how what what where's this coming from mm. um you know the more questions you ask the the, the further down you go and the more yeah. you sort of dig and then you uncover some quite often random beliefs that aren't true and and that stem from other places so yes yeah, yeah, so- they really do yeah <laughs> and and
1: then you might find that oh hang on a minute this is what my mother says this yes. is actually not me or this is some weird belief that has arisen from a piece of evidence that I had when I was 11. But yeah. is this true now when I'm, you know, 36? Mm, probably not. So examining what, yeah, examining what our belief system is, I think is is very healthy.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Sometimes it's good to do it with someone else so you don't spin out into some craziness where you go, <laughs> hang on a minute, I don't even know if the sky is blue anymore
0: is the sky blue is it?
1: <laughs> today it's a bit
0: cloudy <laughs> i know it's a bit rubbish today i remember doing an art project actually where the, the sky was blue and i've forgotten it but something, something to do with the reflections and i don't know i'm yeah, gonna look that up.
1: with the i don't know <laughs> the uv maybe
0: so something like that <laughs> <laughs> it's just blue it's fine we'll yeah. take that um so, if people want to work with you um, in in terms of coaching or anything like, where where can people find you? And I know you do some amazing um, you doing your Friday thoughts for a while on Facebook, uh, and you do lovely little stories as well. But so, where can people go and learn more about
1: you and listen to your beautiful voice? Oh well, thank you. Well, uh, Instagram and Facebook are good places. Uh, Instagram, I'm Elizabeth Valentine underscore. I had to put the underscore in because that was all that was available. (gasps) Elizabeth is with an S because I'm Danish. uh, And I'm the same on Facebook, Elizabeth Valentine. Uh, I also have my new website coming up soon, which is going to be elizabethvalentine.com. So you can find me there.
0: And you are also launching, I nearly forgot about this, your podcast, your own podcast.
1: I am, yes. My podcast, Dare, Share, Create, is launching in August. I don't have the exact date yet. Um, Yeah, it's launching in August, and um, it's based on the values of my company, actually. So dare to go after your dreams, share your gifts with the world, and create the life that you want.
0: And I have had a sneak peek of the first episode. In fact, I don't think I messaged you. I listened to it yesterday in the car. Uh, It's amazing, guys. So you have to go and check it out.
1: Oh, thank Uh, you.
0: So yeah, really excited for that. And it's short little, they're going to be quite, we're going to maybe have some interviews in there as well, but they're going to be short. Yeah. insightful, yep, bite-sized gonna, pieces.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a mix of sort of, yeah, bite-sized pieces where we talk about one topic, and then I'm going to dive deep with guests who really embody these three values of, you know, dare share and create. Love it. Love it. So exciting.
0: Thank oh. you
1: so much, Camilla
0: thank you thank you it's been so great to have you on i'm so glad we finally got around to doing this i
1: know me too
0: (laughs) and well i'll be speaking to you in a few days well i'll I'll speak to you most days anyway but i will definitely see you bright and early on tuesday morning
1: exactly
0: can't wait (laughs) oh have a great weekend my love and i'll speak to you soon thank you
1: you too bye
0: Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got some good takeaways from today. And if so, then please do leave a review. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And you can find further insights and tools over at camillacollins.com.